everybody. This is BB, and welcome to Middle Child Entertainment's podcast. What's going on? I know it's been a minute. I got to get better with the podcast. I really do. I like it, but um, I just got to get more consistent with it. I think I'm doing a lot of things, but I like it, and I'm going to get consistent. So, <coughs> what is going on? Excuse me. It's Saturday. How many people out there are still like in the pandemic mode? Even though they say everything is opening up, but how many people are still like in their house, still skeptical about going out, going out and about? Like mostly all my friends and definitely all my family have had the vaccine. So supposedly it's safe to be around them, right? So Why am I in the house on Saturday night? I don't know. I still psychologically am not ready. I don't know how many people out there are still not ready. I know a lot of people are traveling, doing a lot of things, and I'm like, I don't got to live my life. But I want to know how many people are struggling to get ready. That's what I'm going to call this segment. Are you ready? Or how do we get ready? So I'm just... I mean, and I've never been one to complain about being in the house because I always have projects to do, but that could be a problem too. Like I could, I'm very comfortable being home. I have a whole bunch of things going on all the time in my home, but to, and that's kind of normal for me, but I know that um, during this pandemic, it also taught me something about life, you know? Um, It's not like I'm not living my life, but... I am living actually my best pandemic life. I've learned a lot of things. I'm doing a lot, but I know that I have to get out, get out in the world, you know, and socialize. So I want to know how many people are um, actually dealing with that, like having a problem with really getting back into society. Uh, I still have a problem with restaurants. I'm not ready to go into a closed-in restaurant yet. I did go um, to an outside restaurant um, a couple of weeks ago, but I don't know if I'm ready to go sit down inside a restaurant. I don't know. The movies, I love the movies. I don't know. So let me know, you know, is there anybody else out there that feels like that? Because I know I can't be the only one. And, you know, it's uh, Saturday and it was a beautiful day and I really felt blessed today. I, I, my blessings. I'm just looking at all the people around me. You know, I have my nephew. He just graduated and got his master's. My godson got a second master's. Um, I talked about a young man that uh, I would say his name because he doesn't mind. Keith Jordan. And he um, graduated from Russell Sage Sage's uh, college in um, Albany. And this young man was just amazing. I must have met him in when he was in the 11th grade. And no, I met him when he was in the 9th grade or maybe the 10th. And he just made an impact on my life. He uh, he, he was just an over-the-top character, young, black, gay. And um, he was just finding himself. Um, but one thing about him, he was always, he was, he's living, but I'm just saying when he was a kid, um, <coughs> or a young man, he was always determined to do the right thing as far as his grades. He was an honor roll student. Um, for, as I can remember, the whole entire time he was in high school, but the odds were stacked up against him. Um, he was in foster care. He went through all these different 
um, families. He, he had a lot of issues. He had, he had some behavior issues. He, he acted up, you know, but he was a kid. Um, and he was going through things that most kids would never even experience. He didn't have a real family support, but through it all, he was determined to do the right thing as far as his education. Um, and being gay, was it was all a struggle, but I don't think he realized how amazing he was. He was the first young man to bring like awareness to gayness to this particular high school that I work at. Um, he started a, a paper and a club for um, students that were um, gay and uh, or transsexual. They taught me all the terms, but I don't know them, so I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna say gay. Um, but uh, he he had a lot of people. Um, come out and they were not afraid to come out even adults you know he wrote a a paper an article about being gay and coming out and it led to an adult in the school she responded to uh his article and she came out to like the whole school so yeah he's like an amazing kid <laughs> I'll never forget um I, I I teach um dance and drama and I have um just an after-school program that kids come to. And it's, it's performing arts, but to be honest, it's a program for these kids to be there and kind of sort of, like, they're not in the streets. And I, I usually get so many kids, uh, usually kids that's interested in music, but sometimes not. Um, you know, and he would come, and he just was, he was there. He would, and I just, like, realized this not too long ago. He would stay with me, and it's always hard when you have anybody who knows that works with young people and it's something they like. It's hard to, when it's time to go home. They didn't want to leave, you know, and I always say after-school programs are very, very important, and people don't know how important the kids, I've been doing after-school programs for years. Kids, the hardest thing is to get kids to leave. It's not the hardest thing to get kids in there, to leave. And, um, it was always hard to get these students to pack up, like at 5, 30, 6 o'clock. And um, in the beginning, the way I got them to pack up is I said, I would put on Biggie. You would be surprised kids didn't. These kids were more into like pop and or whatever the, the newest hip hop artist was, Cardi B at the time. And um, Biggie was like, oh, no, miss, why are you playing Biggie? You know, and then that would get them to go and play two, three Biggie songs that worked in the beginning. Um, and they would pack up, you know, young people, they got to find their stuff, their, their book bags, their glasses. Um, that worked for a little while. By the time the end of the year was, Biggie, they loved Biggie. They'd be dancing to Biggie, that didn't work. So Keith was always like my stage manager and pulled things together. And every night that I had the after-school program, he would walk me to my car. Just a pleasant individual. Through all these things he was going through, he would tell me that I could not even imagine for a 16-year-old or 17-year-old to be going through. But he fought through. And I'm so proud of him because as present day, he just graduated, like I said, and um, got his um, bachelor's degree. And he did it on his own. I remember when he uh, was going to college and he didn't even know how he was going to get there. And, um, you know, how he was going to get his stuff there. How he didn't, you know, he just really had some serious obstacles obstacles, and he overcame them. And so today I was thinking about all those blessings. I was thinking about all the men, you know, minority black men in my life 
that are so successful in their own right. You know, society sometimes give brothers like a bad, bad, bad rap. I don't, I don't know too many brothers that have a bad, bad, bad rap. You know, I, I really don't. I, I, most of the brothers that I know that I've seen in my life, they are great men. The men that I have worked with, the conversations, how they love their families. Um, and education is sometimes, it sounds crazy, but it's a little hard for black men. Um, just because the dynamics of uh, the way education, the whole, that whole business is done. So and I'm not, I'll save that for another podcast. But um, I just want to say like, it's so many brothers that are just, Amazing. They're doing amazing things, just regular, you know. I think like society has written our story, and we have to get rid of those those, those stories that they tell about us, those stories that they tell about black men. You know, we have to get rid of it. Yeah, we have a lot of broken families, we have a whole lot of stuff, but there's reasons for a lot of things. And I'm not saying that um some people aren't just screwed up because some people are just fucked up. Some men and women are just, just, they're just not going to do the right thing no matter what. But we have a lot of brothers to do the right thing and they love their kids and they love their families and they don't just walk away from their families as they would tell the story. So it's, it's a lot, you know. So today I was thinking about all that, all the amazing men that I have in my life from my cousins to my nephews to my um, next, uh, ne- yeah, next door neighbors to the people that I work with. Um, just, just amazing. You know, some of the men that I grew up with, just amazing men. And I don't think they really get enough credit in society. You know, we see a lot of killings, we see a lot of shootings, but that's a very, very small minority of people doing that. When you hear all these shootings in the hood in Brooklyn, blah, blah, that's a very small minority of people compared to the big picture. So I was thinking about that today and I was feeling kind of blessed, blessed for them, blessed that I know them, just feeling really, really good, you know, about just, just what I see. Um, and another thing, oh, okay. So changing the subject, I watched this movie talking about the way they paint our picture. I watched this movie called, and somebody else probably watching, if you did chime in, let me know the underground railroad. I thought that was the most horriblest movie. In my opinion, they could stop making movies like that because we've seen it. We know it. We know the story. We know it all too well. They could really stop making movies about the Underground Railroad. How many times are you going to tell Harriet Tugman's story? Because when you tell it, it's so graphic what happens to our people. This movie, to me, first of all, they rewriting like history. It really was an underground railroad. I didn't understand that because we know on Harriet Tubman, that was just a symbol, was an underground railroad. It was really a railroad. It's like they rewriting a story and it's just so graphic. Do we keep having to see this? We know what happened in slavery. We know how the slave masters treat us. Do we have to keep, they should just like make a law. Stop making these movies because we know them already and we never want to forget and we never going to forget. And our children are never going to forget because we're going to teach them that because it's here. It's all around us. It's just why we have to keep seeing these horrible pictures. This girl, the slave, um, oh, I forgot her name, Nora. I don't know, Norma, Nora. And she, they, they changed her to a dead man. And it's, it's just, when does this stop? 
And I don't know who's making these movies. And, and I know it was a man, a man of color who made it. But I just wish for me it would stop. We have so many stories. We have amazing stories. We have sad stories. Why do we have to keep making these horrifying stories? The slave owners. Who's loving these movies? Is it black people? I don't think black people are loving these movies. We have stories we could tell. Billie Holiday's story was amazing. And it talked about slavery and strange, a part of history we never even knew about. Because in the original Lady Sings the Blues, which I love, it's my favorite movie, but that was Hollywood version. When I found out the truth, because I was in love with McKay, and and I just, I I was like, that's my favorite movie because it's a love story. But then when I started reading up, it's not a love story. He He wasn't nice to her. And the reason why they discredit her so much because of that one song. I get that. Okay, I get that. But these movies, that's the whole movie. It's just horrifying. They're killing our people. They're doing things that they didn't even do to animals. Why do we have to keep seeing this? We know this story. Is this a way to keep us in our, in our minds, like repeating it, repeating it? Yes, I get it, to repeat it so we never forget it. But it, we, we can't forget it. Because society today is not going to let us forget it. We saw what happened with the pandemic. If that didn't show you how one-sided this world is, coming from healthcare, employment, everything, it exposed everything, if you had your eyes open. So that's where I was at today with that. I thought that was a horrible movie. And I just feel that they should just stop making movies like that. It's It's just, I know it's freedom of speech, but... Especially to me, black people. Don't be involved in it. Nobody really should be. But just, it's it wasn't a great movie. And I know I, I'm an artist in, in my own right. And I get it, the creative. But we, how, how many times are we going? I mean, it's hard to watch. It's very, very hard to watch. And then a young actress is beautiful, just absolutely beautiful. I know why they chose her, but her accent, you could not really understand what she was saying. It was just not a good movie. Not even for that part, because I know she'll go on and get amazing roles. So, but I, it, it just wasn't, it just wasn't a great movie. And I know he was trying to tell a story, but it, to me, almost it was like a fake story. Now we're doing fake stories about, you know, what happened I, I don't know. I don't know. If anybody else feels like this, let me know. I'm, I mean, I, I would be, um, you know, I would be open for the conversation because I know everybody, people won't feel like that. You know, <coughs> some people feel like, excuse me, they feel like um, we should never stop talking about it. But we've seen so many of these horrifying movies to that. It's enough. It's really, really enough. Who's enjoying these movies? Who? How many times are you going to tell the story? Who is enjoying these movies? We are not. Most black people are not. If I ask like 10 black people, line them up, did you see? They're going to tell you they didn't see it. Because they don't want to see it. So who's watching them? I read the reviews. They're wonderful. Who's writing the reviews? 
A whole bunch of black people ain't write that in Ruvu. Didn't write them reviews. They didn't. And I'm not making this a race issue. And I'm not a racist. I have tons of white friends, all kind of friends. I'm just not, it's not a race thing. It's just what I see. And maybe it is a race thing, but it's what I see. Who's watching them? I want to know. Let me know, guys. So this is my podcast and this is what was on my mind today. You know, feeling blessed, but feeling very aware, staying very woke. Um, let me know, guys, what you think. Signing off till next time.